0: Hey, it's John Reed. I'm joined by Vinny Merchandani, Deal Architect. How's it going, man?
1: John, always a pleasure to see you.
0: It's been a while since I did a podcast with you, so this is excellent. You, you were a good sport about starting out on my podcast series a long time ago. So. And
1: that was, we were thousands of miles apart, weren't we? Dude, yeah, we did good, it over the phone. good to be next to you it in, is, in New York it City. Is,
0: it is. We are here at Inforum 2016, second day. going to do a two-part podcast. We're going to talk about the conference, and then I'm going to release a separate one, talking about a very Exciting new book vinny has got coming out called Silicon Collar, uh, which is basically about <laughs> robots, jobs, and you. <laughs> and many other things. So we're going to get into that because Vinnie and I don't always see eye to eye on this, but look forward to hearing about his research. But anyway, we're going to start with uh, start with Inform. You've been covering this company for a long time. How how would you describe the changes you've seen?
1: You know, so so let's approach it two ways. One is how is Infor different from some of the other ERP players like SAP, Oracle, yeah. and so on. And then where are they in their journey, the vision they've painted, where Where are they? Right? right. So if you look at Infor and compare them to SAP, or Oracle, or even the cloud players, the three or four very significant differentiators they have is one is they're into a number of verticals that the others either don't seem interested in or just haven't played in, right? So, N4 is interested in retail, is interested in healthcare, interested in hospitality, services, right? It's not just manufacturing or uh, distribution type markets. And they're not afraid to talk about what they're doing in healthcare, what they're doing in retail and so on. So, it's been refreshing to see an ERP vendor verticalizing, okay? So, that's one major differentiator for them a second one is, when you look at cloud infrastructure, four years ago, they decided, why are we putting money into a data center? Why don't we go with Amazon Web Services? Right. So that's been a significant differentiator for them. And you know, as Charles said a few years ago, friends don't let friends build data centers, right? right. So he's taken some of the money that he would have used to build data centers and plowed it back into application functionality, right? You've
0: been a a critic of certain ERP vendors that have perhaps overspent on data centers. And
1: and not gotten much for it as a result because it's still very poorly run and undersized and so on. A a third area where Infor is different is they have a number of human services that they proudly show off. So they've got a hook and loop digital agency. right? It, it, It could be an advertising agency that any customer could hire if they need to. They have a value engineering team that does a very sophisticated analysis of you know, payback and so on and uh, payback from design projects and so on. They have a group in Cambridge, Data Wizards, right? Now, every software company needs some talent, but they always try to hide the human aspect, right? Right. And but info has been reasonably visible about a lot of their service, human services. Which leads me to my fourth point. If you walk around the show floor here, you don't see Accenture, you don't see too much IBM, you don't see the big outsourcers here, right? That's another big difference here in here is it's not really, you know, to my SAP nation thinking, right? I like vendors that don't surround themselves with Too much of the labor-intensive model. So you know, those are four things I think where Infor stands out from some of the others.
0: Right. There's been a stereotype of and a perception of Infor as sort of a holding company uh, for ERP graveyard products. Essentially, if you go on the ERP graveyard site, (laughs) Infor actually has like way more even than Oracle that are under its umbrella somehow. Um, but are you are you essentially that, that's feeling, a good
1: segue into where's the vision and where's the where's the yeah, progress yeah. towards that? So
0: are you are you feeling that that is now an unfair stereotype where are we headed with that?
1: No, I think it's still a fair stereotype because that, yeah. you know they've gotten close to 100,000 customers, most of which are still in the legacy um, brands that you know you name it, Bond or Sister Line. I mean, yeah, got things S- that that <laughs>
0: names you haven't heard in years, right? Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Epiphany and CRM, I mean, they have a lot of that. Uh, You know, you can look at it as half full or half empty, right? Those are all customers waiting to be migrated. Yeah. Or those are customers that are just brain dead and will never move over. I I, I think those customers are waiting for easier migration. So, you know, they announced here uh, a deal with Back Office Associates. They specialize in moving on-premise customers to the cloud, right? Now, does Infor have everything ready in the cloud? No. But, you know, they're thinking through a lot of those issues better than, I think, other legacy vendors that have an on-premise um, customer base. And
0: their next generation product is known as CloudSuite. It can get a little confusing because they throw their cloud Suite label around a little bit, but the, before this conference, they announced a gener- general availability of financials and supply chain. Which is big, right, because now you're talking about only a handful of companies that really have a pure SaaS financials and supply chain product. Um, Now I asked Charles Phillips yesterday how many customers. He was a little careful about his answer, um, but that's legit because it's a new product. Um, But where do you think they should be? Like, how will you chart their progress from here?
1: I, I think they need to accelerate the move both of their own availability in the cloud and their customer base. I mean, you know, there's um, one of the feelings coming out of here and talking to other analysts is they have very few examples, just like in the financials, of adoption by customers, right? So it's still a nice to have, but they haven't really migrated a large percentage of their customers That is a challenge. That is uh, something they need to tackle.
0: So you think migration tools are a key part of it, making it easier?
1: First, make sure the product is ready, right? And then the migration. They have so many different initiatives going on and so many different verticals that the risk they have is they're making too many announcements and not enough product availability and not enough uh,
0: references. What I think you find a lot of times with these next-gen releases is that the classic, sort of large enterprise customers not the first one to move right like a lot of times it's edge cases smaller shops we did a interview uh earlier today with a public uh uh services company basically a water company in california 150 employees they had made the move to financials they haven't gone live yet but so, so not a classic ERP customer, right? Um, but what was interesting was just kind of pressing him on functionality gaps and hearing that he f- he's pretty happy with the functionality he was finding in the financials. And this is a Lawson user. Now, Lawson is written in COBOL, so it's the the back, the backside of Lawson is a little archaic, but the functionality is pretty deep, uh, in the financials area there. So when you hear something like that, it makes you think that they may be further along in that regard than you might expect as far as the depth of functionality.
1: But that's just one. You know, you're looking at a horizontal product called financials. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing from Infor their Whole Foods retail merchandising strategy. I'm hearing right. from others about their hospitality strategy. I'm hearing from others about right. their health care. So they have a lot of irons in the fire, right? Yeah. And the risk is, these are all announcements at this point, or onesie, twosies, right. and they need to you know do a better job prioritizing seven eight of those initiatives and driving them home a little bit more
0: right well when you can bring people on stage who are essentially winning in their industry then that tends to cause i think a lot of
1: is the product there though i'm yeah. not convinced the product is completely there in yeah. any of those areas
0: but i'm just saying in the future if they can right. do that like next year for example yeah. then you know once you see companies that are really truly post live and can talk about yes. how this ties into their yes. business
1: cases, right? Yeah, like when Whole Foods yeah. is ready, right? A year yeah. or two from now, and they have two or three other examples. That's going to be, it's going to position them very well in the retail grocery sector,
0: right? When they started talking about digital transform, transformation, my bullshit detector went off, and <laughs> that that's only because every show I've been to this year, you name it, that's sort of the, the griddle cakes that are being pushed on stage, right? And yet a lot of this is real, right? Like it's not, this isn't just a marketing fantasy. What is your take on on that
1: part? Well, so, you know, a a customer uh, who is kind of embarking on a digital transformation journey, um, choices are, they can go to a a Cognizant or an Accenture to help them build that uh, vision. They can go to an IDEO, Right, a design firm and say, where do we start product, new products or a customer experience? You know, So there are different paths they can take. I think Infor's view is, we have a digital agency called Hook and Loop. We have vertical expertise in so many areas. We've got a lot of value engineering work. We've got the building blocks where, come to us. Maybe we can, we can um, show you how to embark on that. Now, they don't want to be a consulting firm, right? Right, uh, they'll qualify and see if you're interested in building uh, with them um, next generation solutions for that industry. When that when that combination happens, you know, customer very interested in a deep transformation, not just a you know I want to move to a sentiment analysis and that's my definition of digital transformation, yeah. but a deep business model change, a product change, and so on. Infor wants to position itself as think of us, don't just go to McKinsey or Accenture. Um, because, you know, we've got certain assets.
0: I don't know, Vinny, if, if I'm an Infor partner listening to this podcast, I wonder how I fit into this well, picture. Well, uh,
1: you have to w- walk on the show floor and say, there is not a huge bunch of, you know, it's not like the, the Sapphire, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's Cyber, there's HCL. There just isn't that much um, big, big money around uh, Infor. So, you know, if you want the $50 million projects, keep doing business with SAP.
0: There you go. The author of uh, SAP Nation speaks up. (laughs) Okay. You know, it's funny. I didn't think we're going to be able to avoid SAP on this podcast. (laughs) I I just had a funny feeling about that. So... Just to wrap the digital transformation piece, because that was one of their major announcements was the, that they're going to be providing digital services through hook and loop. Do you feel that that theme resonates with, with customers or in other words, in this industry, are we, is digital transformation more of a vendor creation or, or is it a reality for customers that they need help with?
1: I think it varies by industry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, retail, for example, everyone's scared to death of Amazon. Then no, it's, it's, it's a burning platform. Yeah. You go into insurance, maybe not quite as convinced that hey, you know, I mean the world moves a little bit slower. Yeah. Um, so it, it varies from industry to industry. Now, it force challenges, you know, that is a very strategic project, right? A digital transformation is a boardroom level, CEO level, um, um, visibility. Right you know would a CEO approve somebody saying I want to go use info rather than using McKinsey for the initial project or I want to use info rather than rather than accenture right I think that is a that is a now good news is they're not looking for 5,000 of those projects they're looking for one or two in every industry yeah I, I think I think I think they can be pretty well positioned
0: all right well they see they're doing another inform in 14 months. So we'll check back and see. I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation. We're going to shift gears and talk about your book. So let's wrap this. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks, John. Thanks for having me.